3: Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for tuning us in turning us on today. Uh, it is great to be joining uh, all of you today. We've got a great show lined up for you. As I love to talk about is the true adventure and the supernatural world of the Shihua Indians with investigator and adventurer and adventurer oh, so good adventurer. Wow, I love the way that sounds. The elders joining us here today. Journey from the banks of the prolific gold-bearing river named Hell to a last will and testament whose century-old riddle led it forth to an uncharted area of Ecuador. In a futile search for high-grade emeralds, much more this is so very cool! I get to talk to Lee about this and then some. Uh, destined to be an investigator and an adventurer, born in a railroad house in Bowie, Arizona, raised on an Apache reservation near San Carlos. And you know what? We're going to talk to him about that and much more. Eric, how are you today?
0: I'm doing really well. Another gorgeous day here in the Puget Sound area, so can't complain.
3: Mm-hmm. No, no complaint at all. Um, one of the things that I love is we get this, you know, I mean, it wasn't, the sun wasn't supposed to come out today, right? I mean, if you take a look at the weather and what people say and how that's showing up and all of the above, we get this idea, oh, rain, 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 <laughs> rain. And we've that's had plenty. What we're supposed to get. Yeah. Rain, 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 rain. Um And then all of a sudden the sun pops out. So we get the unexpected.
4: Yeah. I think we appreciate it
5: more then.
3: I think we appreciate it more. (laughs) You know, the other thing is that, um, you know, I get to talk to some of the most incredible people uh, because, you know, when we look at this and when we think about our lives, you know, we ask ourselves the question, are we living the life we truly desire? And you know, for today, we—I've had some amazing conversations so far, uh, and I get to hear from people that are truly saying yes to what's pulling them forward. That's that's our guest today, Lee Elders, Uh, destined to be an investigator and adventurer, just like Tom Carey. Just different kind of investigation, but all the same. Uh, And we're going to get to chat with him. Lee, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here.
1: Oh thank thanks for inviting me.
3: An adventurer, an investigator, you know, when you hear those words and you go back to your early childhood, what comes to mind? Did you know, first of all, that this was something that was going to call you forward? Uh
1: yes I did. I grew up on the Apache Reservation in eastern Arizona and uh had a lot of spare time to myself, and I did a lot of exploration in the dry washes around our railroad house, and I fell in love with it. I don't know if I became addicted to it or just fascinated by it, but Mm. I wanted to continue that. Uh, After I left that area, after I went to school and so forth, college, I decided I wanted to continue that life, and so that's when I made the decision to go to Ecuador.
3: Mm. Why Ecuador?
1: Well, uh, I had a friend that uh, said, look, uh, there's a mining company in Phoenix that's uh, hiring uh, underwater uh, divers, and uh, they're looking for one. So when he told me that, I thought, wow, this is a good good chance to get adventure back in my life, uh, get part of my childhood, my youth going back in, and so I signed on as an underwater diver and mm-hmm. that's how we went to Ecuador.
3: Mm-hmm. And, you know, um I, I introduced you as a, as an investigator and an adventurer. How would you describe yourself?
1: I would uh I would say I'm definitely an investigator, explorer, adventurer. Uh, I've always enjoyed mysteries, trying to solve mysteries. Uh, they fascinate me. So when I heard about this lost emerald mine, I mean, wow. That was enough mm-hmm. to really get get the juices going. But, uh, yeah, I'm a, I am would say I'm an adventure explorer, investigator.
3: One of the things that um, I wanted to talk with you about is the book, Expeditions, Gold, Shamans, and Green Fire, a true adventure, Lee Elders. You know, there's this is, such a powerful, powerful story, journey story that you've created. Uh, and you know, for people that look at this, they they look at this and they say, "I want to be him. You know, I want to go through and experience the the adventure. And so there's this kind of fascination, there's sense, you know, a sort of a, like a sense of a sense, this, this amazing, like, oh, this is the best thing on the planet. And they don't really get the inner workings of this, about what the journey was like. How would you describe uh, your experience here uh, that we're going to talk about in detail throughout the hour? How would you describe it? Was it the adventurous? Did it have ups and downs? Was there pain and suffering all of the above
1: uh, definitely all all of the above uh, it was wonderful in the beginning, but then you you become acquainted with the danger involved with mm-hmm. adventure and uh, if adventure has a twin, it's definitely danger because it it was always there, and we had to prepare for it. And I did a lot of research into it, especially the uh, deadly snakes that are found down in Ecuador, also the jaguars. We were going into uncharted territory, and uh, that required a lot of research, a lot of effort, and a lot of luck. So for any adventure starting out, I would say do your research, make sure you're well prepared, because there's a lot of loneliness that comes with adventure, waiting for horses to arrive, waiting for the weather to clear so you can fly, all of these things, they eventually add up.
3: You know, it seems like there were things in your life that prepared you for the adventure we're going to talk about today, but I want to talk about some of the others. You know, what was the first adventure you said yes to? What was the thing that you would consider a first adventure? Because, you know, we're talking about hell here and so when we when we hear the term hell or a place that's referred to as hell right it's kind of like okay if this is hell then where did this guy begin what were some of the other uh, projects you know perhaps your first
1: well my first as a, as a youngster was writing uh, with my grandfather he was a section foreman on the uh, Southern Pacific Railroad And he had the motor car, he'd have to take it out at night, patrol the tracks, things like this. And I would ride along with him, uh, with the others, and gosh, that was exciting. Uh, Mm. Blasting down the rails at night, about 30 miles an hour, and uh, always on the lookout for a stray freight train that might have gotten past the uh, dispatcher's net, that type of thing. So I think that was my first, uh, I guess, addiction to adventure. My first project in Ecuador was the little hell river, and that turned out to be very lucrative, uh, but it also was very dangerous. Also, before I went to Ecuador, mm-hmm. when I was going to college, a group of us, we formed uh, an exploration club, and we'd go out and search for lost mines, buried treasures in Arizona. And that was a lot of fun. So I sort of build up to Ecuador with these other projects. And I'm yeah. certainly, certainly glad I did.
3: Well, one of the things you said, I want to touch upon it before we go to break. You said, you know, that first trip turned out to be very lucrative. What does that mean to our listeners? Give us a sense of, uh, of how that shows up. Because most of the time we have this idea of Indiana Jones going out there, some university. I, I mean, folks don't really get that these trips have to be funded, that, you know, there are things you go out and do. What does very lucrative look like to to us and to you?
1: Well, <coughs> excuse me, very lucrative was uh, finding abundant gold in this river called hell. Uh, wow. we, we washed out two coffee cans of gold in a period of about... Eight hours. And uh, of course, back then, gold was only uh, $35 an ounce. Right. But still, uh, that was lucrative to me. I had found something. I was searching for anything of that type, of, of any type of riches. And that was a great start. So after selling my poke and sharing with the Indians, then we decided, I decided to go back with a dredge. And that's when I run into problems, because on the trail back, we had hired three criminals without our knowledge. (laughs) And and when my friend, Dr. Bentamia, who was working with me, he was studying to become an attorney at the time. He was working through the Department of Justice down there. And he says, look, we've got to check these people out. And... uh, We did. We found out three criminals were with us. One was a horse thief. And I thought, well, (laughs) that's not too bad, considering in the Wild West we were in down there. But then the other two turned out to be pretty bad. So we fired them. And because of this act, uh, they became vengeful. And they poisoned our water supply on the way back in. Oh, Uh, my goodness. They mixed our good water with sulfuric water. Everybody came down sick except myself and a couple others, and so I had to walk out all night to find horses to try to get back to help the sick people. But I was really dismayed by that. Uh, it's the first time in my life I, I really experienced betrayal, and yeah. it was a it was a hard pill to swallow because it is I left tough. it.
3: I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a betrayal in any form is is. Crushing, and especially when you're in a place and doing, you know, out out doing adventurous things in nature and have a vision, it is hard. We're going to take a short break when we come back, but I want to just send everybody to Lee's website. Uh, go to leeelders.com, leeelders.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about, you know, the people that Lee has met along the way. What are some of the rituals? What are some of the things he learned? Uh, he discovered. What are some of the things that, you know, the, the people, the Shuar Indians, were willing to share? And then later on, we're going to talk about the green fire. All right, everyone, let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show.
6: you like free stuff? The Dr. Pat Show has an amazing giveaway program doing weekly giveaways on Facebook and Twitter. Go to facebook.com slash the Dr. Pat Show and click the like button. Then go to twitter.com slash the Dr. Pat Show and click the follow button. Then you can play along and enter to win some amazing prizes. Again, that's facebook.com slash the Dr. Pat Show and twitter.com slash the Dr. Pat Show.
4: Do you know how to achieve wellness in all areas of your life? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Signs of wellness are a capacity to love and ability to nurture, a sense of purpose, a good sense of humor and plenty of fun in your life, a concern for others and a respect for the environment, a conscious commitment to personal excellence, a sense of balance and integrated lifestyle, and capacity to cope with whatever life presents. Well, people enjoy their lives and want them to last as long as possible. That's why the wellness mindset usually accompanies other constructive healthy lifestyle habits by adopting a wellness mindset and behaviors like eating well taking the right nutrition for the body exercising and saying affirmations are just a few things to structure a healthy system of values and beliefs call us at 888-777-4232 that's 888-777-4232 and visit us at maryjanemack.com
3: Everyone, welcome back. I want to welcome you back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Uh, I would love to invite all of you to go to Lee's website. I mean, it's just crazy, amazing. Uh, LeeElders.com. Certainly, you can get a copy of his book just about everywhere. Uh, expedition gold shamans and green fire and we're going to talk about all of these throughout the show today we touched upon gold a little bit Uh, when you get there you're going to be able to see exactly where his expeditions were and uh, in ecuador what that was like you're also going to be able to get a copy of his book and, and also see and read about some of the most amazing adventures beauty 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 of such a lush rich Uh, area of the world, and what's required to truly take the journey like Lee has taken. What do we have to learn? What are the lessons? And what are the relationships we build? Uh, Lee, you were talking about, before we went to break, you know, how that water got poisoned and and what that was like for you to go out and, and get help and had never experienced that level of betrayal. I can only imagine what that was like for you. And... You, you know it all to, it sounds like you did get the horses because you're actually here talking with me
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>.
3: <laughs> but it actually brings me to mind about what relationship you had to build and some of the rites of passages you know with the indigenous people there and and others, and what that was like for you. Can you talk a little bit about that uh and about what that journey was like? and being not just one with the land, but with the people and with the shamans?
1: Well, in the beginning, when I worked at Hell, before the betrayal, I worked Mm -hmm. with Qunyari Indians. And the Qunyaris were once a proud civilization, before they were overthrown by the Incas, and uh, once a flesh-eating tribe, I might uh, add. And uh, I got along with them great. I treated them like human beings. I didn't look down on them, I just I was there, I was their friend, and uh, they knew they could trust me. Uh, that was interesting, because I, as I said, when I grew up on the Apache Reservation, my only play pals were Apache kids, and I mm-hmm. had the same issue with them in the beginning. But afterwards, once they get to know you, and they know that uh, you have purity of thought, and, and you're holding nothing against them, they accept you. The Kinyaris accepted me. It's a little bit different, though, when you get into Shiwara land. It's a whole, I mm-hmm. shouldn't say a little bit different, a whole lot different. Because when I first met the shaman, Antonio Necta, uh, he was standoffish. He didn't know me. But he kept looking at me in a way almost like he was trying to read my aura or something like that. He was trying to figure out where I was really coming from. In time, he accepted me, but uh, it took a lot, took a lot of doing, and one of the things I found out about the Shuara is they'll ask you the same question over and over, you know, within a period of an hour, to find out if you're telling the truth. They want Ah. to hear the same answer they heard the first time they asked you. So, they're very, uh, the shuara are very standoffish. They are once were a very primitive tribe, very fierce tribe. They were uh, one of the only tribes that I know of in South America that uh, the Incas could not conquer. And the Spaniards never really conquered them. I mean, they're very standoffs. They, they have a lot of pride for their traditions and most of all for their land. But with, when dealing with a shaman, you sort of have to go with the flow. And that's what I did with uh, Antonio, and eventually we became very good friends.
3: Yeah, you know, part of this maybe our listeners don't um, maybe don't quite understand it, but if you can't get past the shaman, you can't get past anything.
1: That's uh, right.
3: And I, I wanted to talk about that for a little bit to explain. You know, we use the word shaman a lot uh, in our pop culture right now, but I want to really talk about you know, who this shaman is, was, and what he represented. Because we're talking about something that is a very, very sacred position, not something in our pop culture where you go to a certification program and you can become a shaman. And I wanted you to talk to this about the power that they control, you know, uh, in in their tribes, in their families.
1: Well, the shaman... uh... In Ecuador, primarily with the Shuar tribe uh there's only two types, mm-hmm. and they're actually called Uwisans A uh, Shaman is an Uwisan in the Shuar tribe, and the two types of Uwisans you have the bewitcher and you have the cure. The Pinair Uwisan is a cure; he tries to help people that are ill and sick that have had spells cast on them by a bad shaman, or shaman. And the bad shaman's name was a wawek. That's what they referred to him. So you had the wawek uwisin, and you had the Pinair uwisin, who was the cure. And each performed their own duties and functions according to what was brought to them. In other words, a wawek would cast a spell on a neighbor, if the... If, the other neighbors said, look, I don't like this guy. We want to get rid of him. They would bring in a, an Uwisin who was a Wawik who cast spells and use black magic to create disease, to create death, all of these things. Well, the person that was inflicted by a Wawik would call in the Pinar uisín, the curer, and he would have to suck the magical darts out of the out of the body of the person that was uh, inflicted. And so it was a constant battle of good versus evil going on, probably even today, between tribes and tribal warfare. And the shaman was the most powerful. He had the most powerful position in the tribe. And everybody looked up to him if he was a cure, or everyone feared him if he was a uh, bad shaman, a Walwick. So mm. I had to get permission to, get, uh, to cross this river and cross some land, and the way I met Antonio was he owned the land, so I had to get permission for my expedition to go up further upriver. And so that's how I met him. He came into Cuenca, we talked, and after our first meeting, he told me, he said, look, I'll be glad to lead your expedition. He, said, he asked me if I believed in spirits. And I said, yes. He says, well, the spirits told me to come and meet with you. Mm. That's how our relation be- began. And from, that, oh. from there on, it was <clears throat> very interesting, I might add.
3: Because, I can only imagine. Mm.
1: Because... Uh, with the Shuwar Indians, they look at our normal life that we have, the normal life that we live. They consider that a lie or an illusion. The real life is after they take Natima, which is also called ayahuasca. It's a hallucinatory drug. This is when they see, according to them, the real world. And the real world is what they live in meaning that they spend so much time under the influence of these drugs. And this is their everyday waking life. They even give the drug to their dogs uh, to make them better hunters. They give them to their children at a young age to make them better, make them more knowledgeable, more intelligent. And uh, the drug is very effective, apparently, in certain areas. And Natima is very, I've never taken Natima or awaska because uh, I just didn't want to do it, especially out in the jungle. Because uh, you totally hallucinate, as I understand, for maybe days on end. So I didn't want to get into that position. Mm. And so I refused to, to partake in some of their rituals, which they understood, because to them I was a colonial uh, an outsider, anyone outside of their tribe is considered a colonial. And therefore, you have to build up trust with them before you're accepted. Wow.
3: I have to tell everybody, this book is amazing to read. Um, for those of you out there, I mean, you it's breathtaking, first of all. But to take this journey with Lee, this true adventure, and participate Every turn, every twist, the vision quest beyond little hell, uh, as we are introduced to, to talk about what it means to go through that difficult journey, everything from shamans to energy balls to much more. But now, what about that green fire? Let's take a shot. I want to hear about the energy balls too. Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show and my very special guest here, Lee Elders. And by the way, go ahead and go to the website, lee leelders.com, L E E E L D E R S.com. Lots of information. Get a copy of, your, of his book when we come back. What was it like to achieve the achievable? How about that green fire? We'll be right back. Five times with that beautiful frown.
0: Live and Shine with the Alive and Shine radio show with Adil and Savitri. Widen your perspective, learn to heal yourself, and clarify your power of choice so that you feel truly alive and shine. The Alive and Shine radio show is your how-to guide for creating a life in which your dreams come true. Listen live each Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW or at AliveAndShineShow.com.
7: What's getting your attention as physical pain or illness? Have doctors been unable to help? Consider an intuitive healing session with Christy Borst. Amazing things happen every day, sometimes with jolting awareness, and sometimes with subtle shifts aided with Christy's divine healing gift. Release that which no longer serves you. For more information and to contact Christy, visit HealingResonance.us. That's HealingResonance.us. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. What does the word healing mean? Many think that healing merely means eliminating symptoms. However, based on my many years as a healer, I have a much broader perspective on the word. Healing can manifest in a variety of ways, including having physical problems resolved, becoming more emotionally centered, experiencing better relationships, gaining greater clarity, and feeling more spiritually connected. True healing always includes some level of transformation, Whatever form healing takes, there is one commonality, an improvement in quality of life. To me, the highest form of healing goes beyond aligning with wellness. It comes from recognizing our soul's voice and allowing it to speak through us. And in that sense, don't we all yearn to heal into our wholeness? Please visit stellarreflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Going under the knife for spinal surgery should be your last resort. Get a copy of this free special report, What Your Doctor Doesn't Want You to Know About Back Surgery. Get the report online at wellnessone.net or call them toll-free at 866-499-7509. Read the report. It will take about 8 minutes in order to make a better informed decision about your back pain. Visit wellnessone.net or call 866 499 7509.
0: Tune in to Intuit University, compassionate guidance connecting you to your inner wisdom with internationally renowned psychic and medium, Sherry Dillard. The second and fourth Thursday each month at 12 p.m. Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time. Get ready for an hour of practical spirituality and a fun and magic carpet ride into the spirit realm. This hit show is a combination of call-in readings and intuitive mentoring as Sherry supports and empowers you to create your best life in relationships, career, finances, life purpose, and spirituality. For more information, visit sherrydillard.com. So for the glee, so
3: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Um, I don't know how I, this girl from the Bronx, has such a deep connection with uh, journeys like the one that Lee is describing, uh, countries like Ecuador, uh, the devastation in Brazil, uh, you know, what's happening over there. And, you know, it doesn't matter how many laws you sign into effect, if you don't enforce them, it's just not going to happen. So it's really an honor to have Lee elders join me here today to share what this journey has been like, you know, what it's like to be accepted into a tradition and some of the rituals um, that, you know, he has had the experience with, you know, to be accepted by powerful, powerful people and powerful, powerful shamans. The shawara are the headhunters of the Western Amazon, uh, and they have certain beliefs about things which we haven't talked about yet. Um, Lee thank you for joining me here today Uh, you know we were during the break we were talking about the forest about the sacredness of this and you know I can't help but ask you about this journey many people don't even know uh, that this was not a journey that took a few months I mean you know this has been lifelong some of this has been years you know when we talk about the green fire you know, what was it about the position and the placement that you were at here which led you then to go in search of the green fire? And tell folks where the green fire uh, is.
1: Well, the green fire is the emeralds. Yeah. Uh, the Shuará, they don't understand the word emerald. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the untas. The untas are the older shawaras. Uh They call it Namura. Namura is what they refer to as a green, could be a green quartz crystal, could be a tourmaline, could be emerald. But I always felt they were referring to emerald because their land up there where we were searching, where the emerald mine is located, was in the womb of the Amacus Forest, and that's right where they live. So I'm sure they had run into them before, but they referred to them as Namura, And, uh, the thing I wanted to I wanted to back up for just a second if sure. it, if it's okay, uh yeah. Doctor Pat. But you mentioned what did I learn with the Shuara, my shaman yeah. friend earlier. And I'd like to say this. Uh one thing he did teach me, he taught me about the plants and the trees in the Selva. Selva is what they refer to as the jungle. But they had a cure or a treatment for just about everything. Uh there was a bamboo, for example, that grew wild in there. They would take the water out of the bamboo to cover or to treat liver problems. They had saps from certain trees that they would do, uh, treat other illnesses with. So you had a pharmaceutical warehouse right there in the middle of the Oriente. And the old shaman, especially the curers, they would use these. Uh, different things to help treat people I mean they had cavity depressants, they had vitamins they had snake bite Uh, for example there was a uh, uh, root called piri piri it was found with the jungus tree and they would cut the root out and uh, uh, the bulb at the end of the root is what they would mash up and use for snake bite and So they had all of these different types of cures going, and they wanted to protect this as much as they could. And I think that's one of the reasons they didn't want outsiders coming in to Mm -hmm. desecrate the land and destroy the trees and things like that. But I wanted to bring this up because I didn't get a chance to earlier.
3: Yeah. Well, one of the things I do want to mention here, which is important to mention, is that I commented earlier, I, I had Tom Carey on the show earlier, and he's in Pennsylvania. He actually missed the show a week ago because the weather was so bad um, that uh, the the um, power went out. Now, of course, we're looking at what's going on in Atlanta. And and you and I were were talking about something during the break, and I want to mention it. I mean, even though this show is not about climate change, it, it is about nature. It is about your journey. One of the things that we don't realize is that last year in Brazil, um, numbers came out that really talked to the fact. This was after the law changed. Talked to the fact that Brazil, uh, the destruction in Brazil was was uh, the uh, second highest it had ever been. Uh, we're talking about twenty two hundred square miles, right, of rainforest. Um, and then before that, another 1,700 square miles that were cleared the previous year. And somehow we don't, we haven't connected the dot quite yet. Um, but I know that the cultures that you've been with, these, these people, they get it. We haven't connected the dots that maybe if you emit that level of carbon monoxide, if you, if you are out there and you're cutting this down, somewhere in our consciousness, maybe you think it's going to have some kind of effect on the climate. But we haven't really gotten there yet. Um, and 75% of the emissions that come out of Brazil come from this rainforest clearing. Now, you and I are not doing a show about that. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because I shared with you that during the breaks, my concern is we're going to lose all sense of how to honor these cultures and these people. I mean, think about it. If we're willing to go through here and cut out something like 2,300 square miles of forest and not even blink about it, how does a culture like the Shuará exist? I mean, what happens when we go into, into that land? Do you see what I'm saying? So in your quest for green fires, what did you learn? What did you come to honor about the people, the journey, and your
1: findings? Well, the main thing I came to honor was I got in touch with myself. It took mm. a long time. Like you said, this journey wasn't a two-month journey. This, went, right. <laughs> this was over the years. And I won't go into all the trouble we had just getting there with airplanes and things like that or the problems we had going upriver, but once we got upriver, and I found the area called the Kyanade, which is where the green fire exists, according to the man that found it, uh, I really became in touch with myself, because one night I had this dream, and the dream was, do I really want to be a part of the destruction? of this land, this beautiful land, if I find the emeralds. I mean, this will open the land up to the bottom feeders, what I referred to. And so I had this uh, disconnect going on with myself, whether I wanted to continue or or leave. And it was in the final couple chapters of the book, you'll see the dilemma I'm faced with and the decision I made. But it was primarily, I fell in love with the people, and I fell in love with the culture, and most of all, the land. And they spoke of uh, the forest guardians that were up in this area. And you had to have permission from them if you wanted to extract anything out of their area. And eventually I got permission from them. But at the end, after finding shards of the green fire and white matrix, knowing that I was very close to the mine itself, I decided, no, I can't go any further. I want to think this one through. And uh, so I left the country. And uh, that was my, that was back in 1988. After a 20-year absence, I went back in 88 to help my shaman uh, friend. And it was during this trip that I I decided that The emerald should be for all of these people there, not just for me, and not just for what I was going to do with them. So I think at that point in my life, the shaman always told me, he says, you have to find your own arutam, and arutam meant your vision or your soul. And once you find that, and he says, you haven't found it yet, but he says, you are you do have purity of thought, purity of deed, therefore you've been...
3: I love, love, love this story, and I love what you are able to share with us. We're going to take a short break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about what does it mean to be on a vision quest. We're going to talk about some of the dangers. What are some of the real dangers out there? And most importantly, you know, what is the message that we want to carry forth uh, about this land, about the journey, and. You know what we hadn't talked about those energy balls stay tuned we'll be right back with the show
0: join the pacific northwest eft tappers at the fourth annual tappers gathering this march 1st at bastier university Tapping enthusiasts from across the region will be sharing healing stories, learning different EFT applications, and forging a strong community. This event raises money and awareness for continuing EFT tapping scientific research. All net proceeds go to our 501c3 nonprofit conducting a study showing how EFT can alter gene expression. Bring your cards and information for a fulfilled day of networking and inspiring one another, visit www.nwtappersgathering.com or call 360-661-6877. www.nwtappersgathering.com or call 360-661-6877.
5: Holistic Medical Center is where you find it all, a healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish, if you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistic Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Are you ready
6: to give your home a fresh look but don't want to do the work? Help is a phone call away. Kathy's Handy is a full service general contracting company specializing in home improvement, remodeling, and repairs. Kathy's Handy are specialists in kitchens, baths, fireplace makeovers, and finished carpentry. And they partner with other amazing specialty subcontractors needed to complete any job. Friendly, energetic, and dependable with an impeccable reputation to get the job done while keeping you as comfortable as possible during the transformation of your home is the hallmark of Kathy's Handy. Call Kathy now for a free estimate. 206 715 8126. That's 206 715 8126. And visit Kathy's Handy.com for a complete view of possibilities for your home.
1: Grateful patients have been saying it for 25 years. When in pain, see Dr. Thane.
3: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. And my very special guest, Lee Elders, joining us here today. If you want to find out more about us, go to the thedrpatshow.com or go to transformationtalkradio.com. If you have missed any part of this show today, uh, what I want to say to all of you is that we'll replay later on tonight. Um, and I'm so thrilled and honored to be talking with a true adventurer, Lee Elders. The book is Expeditions, uh, Gold, Shamans, and Green Fire. And there's a lot we are not talking about because there's so much in this journey. And I think, as Lee, you pointed out, this was not a journey that took a couple months. This was a journey of a lifetime. Now, before I kind of jump in, I have mentioned now three or four times the energy balls. And if I keep mentioning them again, I know I'm going to get a bunch of emails because we haven't said what they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you actually didn't really believe in this. Tell folks what this is about. I mean, I can see how you'd be a skeptic here.
1: Well, I'd heard stories about uh, the supernatural back in there, and uh, I'd seen some of it in a, you know, shall we say, in its infant stage. But uh, when the energy balls came in, my shaman friend said the Forest Guardian are here, and they will be here shortly. They're right in the area, and you'll see them. Well, I was straining my eyes, trying to find them, and nothing. Then all of a sudden, whoa, these balls of diffused light, it was sort of like orbs, which a lot of people call yes. orbs, yes. floating down out of the trees. There was like, oh, four, five, six, seven of them. I did get a photograph of when they first started. I think there was three or four in the early photograph.
3: But yeah, that's ho- the one I have. Yeah.
1: yeah. But they hovered. They'd move around. You could tell there was intelligence connected to them. It was just not some uh, something unusual with nature or anything like that. And I watched them. I was spellbound. And uh, he said, uh, now later on tonight, And to build up to this story, we had camped in an area we were not supposed to camp in. One of our guides who uh, told us, he says, we've got to be out of there before dark or the spirits will be mad and angry with us. And, well, we got lost and we couldn't get out before dark. So there we were. and We were camped on this one side of the river. And they told me at first light of the moon there would be a power dance. And I, I I didn't understand power dance, and they said, well, it would be a uh, it would be a dance of good versus evil, concerning our fate, because mm. we disobeyed the spirits by camping there, and lo and behold, about midnight, it started, and it started with the fact that we had uh, we camped in one of the worst uh, areas I think of Ecuador for. Uh, tree-climbing snakes, and uh, they were rallying their forces with their shriek calls, and they were attacking the birds nesting in the trees, so we had to go through that experience before the energy balls returned, and they hovered on the other side of the river, and apparently what I felt was monitoring our fate, but then all of a sudden, uh, they dissipated and floated away into the dark jungle. And at that point, I felt we were safe. And we were safe. Mm. But uh, the energy balls was a, like a prelude to the fact that we had disobeyed the Forest Guardians by camping in this area that night. And all I can tell you is they they were real. They had mm. intelligence to them. They were beautiful to watch. And they were different from the uh, the one spirit I saw one, one evening. Uh, mm-hmm. This floating ball of energy came down and was searching through the forest and around the rocks. And I asked Necta, I said, what is that? He said, oh, it's a, mm. it's a good spirit. It's one of the forest keepers. And uh-huh. uh, it's just checking on the health of the plants, the trees, and so forth. I didn't see that with my own eyes, and I saw the energy balls, and I saw the other things. Because uh, it, it's just, you know, to be in uncharted areas is one thing, right. but to be in an uncharted area where you have the supernatural at play, right. <laughs> that's a whole other story. <laughs>
3: I, I mean, what it does is, you know, I, this is what I'm fascinated by in, in listening, uh, you know, to what you're you're sharing with us here today. You know, this is the stuff you make blockbuster movies about, right? I mean, you couldn't even create something like this for, you know, any of the Spielberg movies. I mean, this is like by far, you know, when we're thinking about this, it is the integration of the humanness we are and the spiritual realm. Which you know, these folks you, you know that live here, that you are live and breathe, and there isn't even a question, there isn't even a doubt. This is just a, this is not just, but this is their lives. I wanted to ask you: Was there a point in time other than what you shared where that scared you most? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I know sure. there had
3: to be, there had to be many.
1: I think the most frightening, uh, well, I went through uh, harrowing plane flights just to get Mm. into the outpost of uh, Tsukua. And one plane I missed, uh, accidentally missed, crashed. Everybody died on it. So I uh, I had been very lucky in my flights, and that frightened me a little bit every time I would fly over there. But there's nothing like the fear of being hunkered down at night in a uh, nest of tree vipers and the trees are all around you and you hear them rallying their species and all of a sudden you see them, they glide by, uh, maybe 10 feet away. That was, that, that scared me. That was really uh. frightening. But I was um. told, uh, <clears throat> how to overcome my fear. Uh, my shaman friend said that, uh, what you've got to do, what we've got to do is think as one. We've got to not allow fear to enter into our life because the forest garden guardians would pick that up. So I tried humor. I tried everything to get out of the fear stage. And I finally made it. I just focused on, okay, this is not my destiny to die here with a, with a tree viper. And I'm going to make it. And I focused on that, and I left the fear behind me, and everything worked out well for me. But that, oh my was, gosh. The most, that was the most frightening experience I had.
3: Mm. Uh, it's, it's frightening just to hear you. Lee, thank you so much for joining me here today. Um, we have a few minutes left. What's in your future? What's next?
1: Mm. I'm working on my second book which is the title, Pushing My Luck. It uh, covers my expeditions in Ecuador in the 70s. The book that we've been talking about this e- uh, t- this afternoon covers my expeditions in the 60s. So mm-hmm. I've written the book. It's all together. Now I'm editing it. And uh, once it's published, I'll go on to my next adventure. I don't That's know pretty. where or, or what, but I'm sure it'll be there waiting for me.
3: Well, I want to follow you along the decades. It's a beautiful, (laughs) beautiful ride. I so love it. Thank you, Lee, for joining me here today. One last question. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with?
1: Uh, Take fear out of your lives. Really, it's hard to do with all the bad news and everything going on in Mm -hmm. the world today. If you can eliminate fear, stay positive, and enjoy life, uh, life's adventures are incredible. Just enjoy them. Thank you, Dr. Pat.
3: Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I can listen to you forever, Lee Elders, everyone. Why don't you go to the website, com? You can get a copy of his book there. Thank you so much, Lee. Thank you for being the bright light that you are. Thank you. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning us in and turning us on. And, again, if you've missed any part of this, you'll be able to get it later on today at TransformationTalkRadio.com, also at the com. And I love what Lee's message was. I love about I love that he shared um, his thoughts and and actually shared you know his approach about fear. And so I want to thank all of you for doing what you do. That inspires me to do what I do. From all of us here to all of you, let's live a blessed life together and make this world a better place. We'll see you next time.
6: you like free stuff the dr pat show has an amazing giveaway program doing weekly giveaways on facebook and twitter go to facebook.com slash the dr pat show and click the like button then go to twitter.com slash the dr pat show and click the follow button then you can play along and enter to win some amazing prizes again that's facebook.com slash the dr pat show and twitter.com slash the dr pat show Are you ready to give your home a fresh look, but don't want to do the work? Help is a phone call away. Kathy's Handy is a full-service general contracting company specializing in home improvement, remodeling, and repairs. Kathy's Handy are specialists in kitchens, baths, fireplace makeovers, and finished carpentry And they partner with other amazing specialty subcontractors needed to complete any job. Friendly, energetic, and dependable with an impeccable reputation to get the job done while keeping you as comfortable as possible during the transformation of your home is the hallmark of Kathy's Handy. Call Kathy now for a free estimate. 206-715-8126. That's 206-715-8126 and visit cathyshandy.com for a complete view of possibilities for your home.
5: Holistic Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistic Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404.
0: Join the Pacific Northwest EFT Tappers at the fourth annual Tappers Gathering this March 1st at Bastyr University. Tapping enthusiasts from across the region will be sharing healing stories, learning different EFT applications, and forging a strong community. This event raises money and awareness for continuing EFT tapping scientific research. All net proceeds go to our 501c3 nonprofit conducting a study showing how EFT can alter gene expression. Bring your cards and information for a fulfilled day of networking and inspiring one another. Visit www.nwtappersgathering.com or call 360-661-6877. www.nwtappersgathering.com or call 360-661-6877.